boy had a podcast i'm annie i'm bill and we are talking to you on november 3rd you know it just occurred to me now that this is our, our 100 uh, 101st episode this would have been a perfect time for like a format change or anything if we wanted to do it, but I guess we're not. We never even considered that, or anything. that implies yeah. that we even have a format other than just chittering. Well, no, we could have changed it so like like every episode starts off with a new rap about the week's events rather than the Geek Week news and review at the end. <laughs> or we could have brought back themed episodes. We could add our old never ending podcast. Colin desperately wants us to go back to theme episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad idea. There's no reason. Even if we're not going to go back to doing a themed episode every week, there's no reason why we couldn't occasionally drop in a themed episode. I like, don't want that. if we were recording together next week, we could have done a whole podcast just about our launch game, like launch hardware, launch experiences. Well, I gotta tell or you, our ga- favorite games of the previous generation. We, I gotta tell you, I can't talk about my hardware launch experiences because I officially canceled my PlayStation Four. You are fucking fool. Actually, you're not. <laughs> well, but... the thing is, is that I was, to, I was talking to a friend of mine, and they were like, I, I mentioned how excited I was getting my PlayStation 4, and they're like, well, what are you going to play on it? And I was like, games? That's great. That's the one you've been waiting for. But I can get it for my PlayStation 3, which I did. It's arriving on Tuesday. Well, when you creep through the leaves, will the leaves bounce and jiggle when you creep through them? <laughs> When I get a PlayStation um, 4 in, like, six months for Uncharted 4, then I will buy, I will upgrade my uh, Assassin's Creed 4 to PS4 if I'm Yeah, I actually have not seen how, yeah, again, for, again, for, uh, for people who are not into games, forgive us again, because, yeah, this month, uh, what, with uh, two new console launches, where this is going to be a very gaming-centric podcast again. Not that it hasn't been before, but, yeah, there's going to be a lot of us just assuming everyone else is keeping up with the news about the uh, two new video game consoles. Um, but yeah, you know what, I haven't, I have actually have not seen Assassin's Creed 4 in motion on the PlayStation 3 yet. All the footage I've seen has been the PlayStation 4 version. Yeah. It was actually, uh, it was actually, uh, coming out of E3, um, there was a video of someone playing a stage where you're skulking around in the jungle in Assassin's yeah, Creed 4 on the PlayStation 4 version. Yeah. That actually, uh, convinced me, I was like, oh man, that actually, that, this is something I haven't seen in a video game before, where the main character of Assassin's Creed 4 is actually creeping, you don't actually see the character, but he's creeping beneath the foliage, mm-hmm. and you see the foliage rustle around him. Yeah. Because usually, like, when you're walking through uh, any kind of forest or anything in a, in a, you know, Xbox 360 or a PlayStation 3 game, like, the, the, the foliage doesn't react to you being there. Yeah. This, this whole cover system is based off of the fact that, like, all the plants and the leaves and everything are dynamic. Which, I don't know, maybe this, maybe some of that is still in the PlayStation 3 version. I don't know how you would do those scenes without that dy- without that mechanic in there. But that was one of the things where I was like, ah, maybe I would actually have to try it. And it's not like that would suddenly make Assassin's Creed 4 better. I was going to say, but, you know what? I don't need to pay $400 to play another Assassin's Creed game that will attract yeah. disappoint me and be terrible. Like, I just don't need to. And other than that, there's literally nothing on it that I care about. Like, I yeah. mean, enough to buy it. As I, I was really excited about being part of a console launch because I've never been a part of a console launch. Well, the thing is, I was wondering why, like, because I was like, well... Practically, too. Me, there's not like I like I hated Assassin's Creed. Well, I can't even say I had hated Assassin's Creed Three because I could barely get uh, more than two three hours into it because of a game breaking bug. But it's not like I was anticipating Assassin's Creed Four that much that I was like, oh man, I gotta get new hardware for that. But I think it's because yeah, I was so burned on trying to get a Wii U or not a Wii U but a Wii last time 
that yeah. like and now like in the future I'm like like because I thought with the Wii I was like oh, I'll get a Wii and but I'll get a Wii six months from now when there's some actual games to play. It turns out it took like two years before yeah. I could easily get a Wii. And I'm kind of like I know it's not going to be that difficult to get a PlayStation Four or a, a PlayStation or, or an Xbox One. Uh, in the next couple months, as it was with a Wii, but I, that, that's 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 something that I'm still kind of burned by. That I'm like, uh, if I have the money now, I'd rather just get it now and not have to worry about buying these in the future. And that, even though they can, yeah, it's like between it's Christmas is coming up, my wife's birthday is coming up. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, Ew. got a lot of things. But now that we're not getting a PlayStation Four, we can actually afford to do Christmas. We had discussed. Uh, I think PlayStation Four is Christmas. Well, see, that was that was gonna be our Christmas present to each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we were gonna have like a fifty dollar limit otherwise, and now I don't have to do any of that. Now I can actually get her a present. It's all good. So yeah. I want it. I want a PlayStation Four, but I want a game to play on. Yeah, you shouldn't feel guilty for not getting a PlayStation Four. No one should feel it's, obligated. It's not socially a... obligated to drop four hundred dollars on a piece of new. Well, that's not even four hundred dollars because new. It's going to be five hundred dollars once you drop at least fifty to sixty bucks on a new game. It's going to be uh, another not... fifty bucks if you want to get a PlayStation. Uh, what is this PlayStation Plus? Uh, so you can do any kind of online stuff. Well, or, I, like, actually, I actually games. already have a PlayStation Plus. Account. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm gonna have to invest in that in this month. It's but. it's not guilt. I don't feel guilt. It's just I was so excited about being part of a launch. Yeah, now you're listening. I do love you toys. Can come over here and play. You know what? The next time we record will be the day after the console launches. So you'll still be able to play the PlayStation 4 the day after it launches with Assassin's Creed 4 to see what it's if it's actually any that much better than the PlayStation 3 version you've opened up. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about it. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Well, that's a funny thing. If I still go through and get an Xbox One, since there's yeah. going to be nothing to play for that, I might just let you borrow that for six <laughs> months. If you really need a next-generation gaming experience, you could just do that until you, you feel like uh, cashing in for a PlayStation 4. But uh, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Oh, man. And, like, even the Xbox One. I wouldn't even care about getting that until next year. But uh, Titanfall is now exclusive. Yeah, Titanfall does seem... I have no interest in online multiplayer games, but that actually looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's it's Yeah, so... And I like, I know it's fashionable to hate on Call of Duty or first-person shooters in general, especially big multiplayer, like, bro military first-person shooters like that. But I like Call of Duty multiplayer. I don't play it a ton these days, but it's still nice to pick up and just, like, you want to blow off steam for, like, 10 to 15 minutes or, you know, it's... it's, it's I don't yeah. know. Go ahead. If they actually go through, like, they're successful in their whole anti-douchebag stuff, yeah. then I'd be more interested because I enjoy playing a little bit of online multiplayer, but I hate, I usually get so frustrated so quickly from dying a bajillion times and from dudes yeah. who are so much more powerful than me and who play it so much more than me and know the map so much more than me, and it's just, then it doesn't Have they, seen, have they said anything about any new uh, next generation first person games? Having bots again? Is that a th- I, I don't know if anyone said anything about that. Ghost is going to have a bot system. Okay, so that, that that's good. So at least if you don't feel like fucking around with on, online people yeah, it's taking actually, your ass. It's kind of interesting. So you're going to – the way they're doing it is you will basically create a squad, and your squad will level up when you level up, 
and they'll kind of, I think they were talking about like to adapt to your play style a little bit and your squad could play even when you're offline. And uh, like play with other people or would like simulate matches against itself, like statistically somehow. No, it'll be against other people. So whatever like colors you pick and like logo you pick and these characters that you pick will be out fighting. So the AIDS brigade, if I create the AIDS brigade, (laughs) even, even when I'm like taking a poop at three o'clock in the morning and don't even have the Xbox powered on, the AIDS Brigade will be out there shooting people? Mm-hmm. Aw. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm Aww. saying, though. That's yeah. what I'm saying, But, uh, no, it, you know, I... It's, shooting boom games have their place. I, yeah, aside I, from that, like, uh... I don't know, we, there, there's more we can talk about than the Geek, uh, Geek Week news interview. That, a lot of that news is coming up. But what else, uh, what else did you do this week? How was uh, Halloween? Oh, man, poor Foley got... Perfectly got it. food poisoning on Halloween, so we canceled all our plans and just stayed home. And I, she slept, and I pet her little head. What, you I, get a bad Snickers bar? No, it's even worse. It was a gift I gave her uh, during lunch. Some coworkers wanted to go to a new market that opened up down the street yeah. from my office, so we all wandered down, and they had this um, meat counter of all these fresh, locally made um, sausages and salami and all that stuff. So I got fully this salami. And she ate it, and she totally got sick, like really, really sick. Like barfing sick? Yeah. Oh, no, that is food poisoning, yeah. Yeah, so poor kid, she she slept, and um, I, we she woke up a little bit, and I pet her little head, and we watched The Inglorious Bastards because we're bad at Halloween. <laughs> I need to find friends again who are actually into Halloween. This is kind of bumming me out. Everyone I know is just like, oh, let's... Let's watch uh, Snoopy. I don't know. I like Halloween. I just don't like how everyone else, all my all my peers seem to celebrate Halloween. I would want to get all dressed up and have a party and stuff, but, you know. Uh, See, I'm not even that worried about getting dressed up or having a big shindig, but just like, like, what just... It doesn't have to be a scary movie, but at least watch something atmospheric if you're going to watch. Did you? So you guys did not even watch? Uh, was it Byzantium on Halloween night? No, no. We we started to watch High Tension, but I oh. uh, couldn't. Yeah, I was have like, you seen nope, that? nope, nope. I have not. It's one of Foley's favorite. High Tension's pretty films, fucked but, up. Yeah, I got as far as the we we did not get. Let me put it this way: I we got barely got beyond the decapitated blowjob, and uh, called it good. You know so. what the twist of that movie is, though, right? Yeah, Foley's described it to me many times, but what is your joke twist that you're going to propose? Go for it, Phil. Oh, what are we talking about again? My twist is already <laughs> lost interest in this conversation. No, high tension. No, I remember. That's, that's like the, that's, that's the girl who looks like the sound of music killing everybody, right? Do you mean your girlfriend, Julie Andrews? Yeah! You can't remember your girlfriend's name? Come on, dude. No, but she looks like I like Julie Andrews and Mary Poppins. Mary uh, Julie Andrews and the Sound of Music is something. She's like a different human being in that movie. That's that's true. Oh have God, fuck the, the Sound of Music. Have I made you watch the American that the Americanization of Emily? No. What what's what's what's, what's about this? Here, hold on. Explain, like, explain it to me as a child. I actually just bought it. Hold on. As you would a child. Fascinating video for the people at home. So, uh, the Americanization of Emily is uh, James Garner and Julie Andrews. It's James Garner? Yep. 
Oh, it's great. I'll watch it just for James Garner. Julie Andrews is just a dollop of ice cream on the, <laughs> uh, on the peanut butter pie of that US, movie. Then. U.S. Navy honchos in World War II London have a humdinger of a war on their hands. Now yeah. they need a hero to go with it. They want the first American fatality on D-Day to be a sailor to glorify the Navy's efforts. Julie Andrews and James Garner headlined this earlier milestone comedy from screenwriter uh, Patty Chevsky, Chevsky of Network. And director Arthur Hiller, uh, Garner plays Charlie Madison, an officer who cares nothing about glory. That attracts war widow Emily Barnum, who's had her fill of seeing men go to war and never return. But the pair's culture clash romance is in peril when Charlie sees that the line to become the Navy's defunct hero forms behind him. It's crazy. So it's it's like this weird anti-war film where James Garner has this really badass speech about the um, how cowardice will save us all and okay. how like cowardice is the, this is like the, a James Garner kind of speech. Oh yeah, it's man, he he's great. He is just this simpering coward. You just don't see a, a ruggedly handsome military coward in films very very often. So, but yeah, they're also really great and uh, sexy and sweet. So and it's funny as hell. And uh, but yeah, it's really I, I dig it. Highly recommended. Yeah, I just I I wound up spending way too much on this DVD because it's um is out of print, and on Amazon it was like eighty bucks. I wound up getting it on eBay for like thirty five bucks. But yeah, that's the interesting story of the DVD I bought. It's really good, you guys. You guys should watch the Americanization of Emily. Super good. Yeah, you get it found on the internet dumpster too. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, man, I did maybe go internet dumpster diving the other day for the first time in years just because I had a wild hair to watch um, Guys and Dolls with Frank Sinatra and Marlon Brando. Yeah. And uh, I went to go. I was like, I'll just rent it on iTunes or whatever. I looked it up on iTunes. It was $20, $20 to buy it. And I mean, $20 to is rent pretty it. much the baseline price for a movie I would expect to buy. At least a physical version of it. That iTunes, yeah, the movies tend to be about ten dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Especially an old movie like that. Yeah. For a sixty-year-old movie, that's the thing. I was like, you know, that's a ten. You have to pay the uh, the Sinatra tax. Every every Sinatra <laughs> movie is ten dollars more than it should. <laughs> so did you? So you didn't pull the trigger? No, I almost did, and then I was like, what am I, dumb? And I wound up uh, looking for it in an internet dumpster and didn't find it, but I did find Kiss Me Kate, which I've not seen in a long, long time. Kiss Me Kate is a musical riff on Taming the Shrew. It's about this stage production of Taming the Shrew, and um, the the interactions of the characters backstage mimics the play. It's a play within a play sort of thing. Oh, I've seen that. I saw uh, I saw a vegan production of that called Kiss Me Kale. <laughs> a joke! <laughs> a joke! Yay! Hooray for us! <laughs> Kiss Me Kate is great, but what's what's the best part of Kiss Me Kate is that it was filmed in 3D. Really? Yeah. That was. It, 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 uh, let me see. Kiss. When was it made? Kiss Me Kate movie. Uh, it, it 1953. It was filmed in 3D. Okay. Oh, so that was like right when like the House of Wax and all this. Like it, that was the early 50s. Yeah. 3D binge. Yeah. And so, is, are there lots of people? Are there lots of kids at the theater like? Like, like watching the play, like, like using yo-yos and kind of flinging them at the screen and shit like that. 
You do have some characters inexplicably throwing things at other characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. It kind of, I kind of would be curious to see it in 3D, though, just because it would, in that, they do a lot of weird camera stuff, obviously, because it is 3D, because why not? But the 3D is such um, an interesting medium, and it's such an artificial medium, because the depth Mm -hmm. isn't real, especially at the time. Yeah. And it'd be interesting, all of the play within the play, they very much so make it play-like, so, like, the costumes are all bold colors, so you read from afar, and they're yeah, really artificial, and yeah. Yeah, so I think it would maybe help the artificiality of it. Like, it would kind of be an interesting contrast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, I, I, I didn't, uh, I haven't seen that musical in a long, long time. Howard Keel is dreamy, and wears some very tight tights. There's some fucking great songs. I forgot how much I love this one song, Brush Up Your Shakespeare, which is so good. It's uh, these two gangsters singing to the um, dude protagonist about uh, uh, wooing ladies with Shakespeare. And yeah. it, conten- it contains the, 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 one of the lyrics is, uh, uh, if she says, you're, they're all about, oh, yeah, you quote Shakespeare, right? And, uh, like, um, if she, if she, what is it? If she, if she, god damn it, I'm totally blanking. Um Anyway, one of the jokes. Here we go. This is where I'm circling. I'm going to stop talking now. Uh, the, one of the jokes is, if she says your behavior is heinous, kick her right in the Coriolanus. <laughs> what the hell part of the body is that? It's very good. Well, Bill, come on. But uh, it's a uh, good musical. I'm going to stop talking now. What did you do this week, Bill? I'm just saying, you could take a pretty good kick to the rib, rib bone, like to the, like, the like, part right between the boobs. Or like maybe like... I don't know. You had to get kicked anywhere. Where would you want to get kicked? I have no response to that. <laughs> I think my brain did but just you, stop operating about not, five minutes ago. Do you not have an instinct for what you would do in a violent fight? Is that the first thing you're always thinking? Like, okay, well, I would, of course, bring a shiv to this fight because I'm always prepared. Bill, that's a little different from how, what you would do in a fight is a little different from where would you like to be kicked. Do you not have a weaponized belt buckle? Do you have a belt buckle at all? No, but I want one. I want a belt buckle that will pop it off and turns into a knife. I have my awesome belt buckle. Hold yeah? What, what weapon does it turn into? One of my uh, one of my belt buckle collections. This one was one of my favorites. It's a wolf, right? <laughs> yeah, a wolf. It's a wolf. Did you get that when you were 12? Oh, no, I got this like two weeks ago. <laughs> because oh, no, like, I was I think our last podcast we were talking about how uh, you went through a crazy wolf phase when you were like twelve. Yeah. Yeah. It's like pretty much like any like girl. I mean, yeah, like, there, there's a whole subclass of girls that always have like a wolf phase when we were like twelve or thirteen. Yeah. I, I think girls either go. Well, mine it was pretty much from like two years old to the present. But yeah, I feel like girls either go for wolves or horses. Yeah, one or the other, and like you, it's either one, either or. It's never both. Yeah, it's, it kind of completely depends on your personality. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, Bill, what'd you do this week? What well, it would be great if they had My Little Pony, but it was wolves. <laughs> My Little Wolfie. Yeah, it'd be kind of like the Jungle Book. You'd be like about a kid who gets lost and gets raised by all these colorful wolves. Sure. This. Did you just ding? Sorry, that was my iPad. That was very distracting. Did you? Are you making a TV dinner in your belly? You have to turn it off. It's the city of Portland reminding me to take out my garbage. Thank oh, do you, you city get, of Portland. do you get Amber Alerts on your phone like I do? I my cell phone is missing and broken. Oh, really? So 
<laughs> Good luck to anybody to trying to get in, in touch with me. For some reason, whenever there's an Amber Alert in Oregon, I always end up uh, being one of the first people to get the message because maybe the government thinks I might be the first person connected to the crime. <laughs> I don't know if it's like an accusation or what. Like, it's, they're giving an early chance to like, 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 give myself up, maybe. Mm-hmm. What were you we talking about? What I, I didn't do shit this week. Um, I did you? So you still? I ask this every week, and I'm probably going to keep on asking until the show is over for the month. Uh, you still haven't watched any more Legend of Korra? Nope. Uh, I, there was a new episode last night. It was the last episode uh, uh, animated by the Terrible Animation Studio. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like from now on, it's all going to be, going to be the good animation studio that worked on the first season, mm -hmm. uh, both for the rest of this season and, and for future seasons to come. Um, there's not much to talk about if you haven't seen it because it's all spoilers. Um, Was it good? Uh, Are you enjoying it? Is it getting okay. any worse? It's unfortunate that Lynn Bayfong continues to... They, they end up having to make her stupid in order to make the plot work. Mm. She's only showed up in like two or three scenes this entire season. And every time she's shown up, she's had to be kind of arbitrarily stupid and not willing to listen to reason in order for the plot machinations to move properly. It's, mm. it's, it's, they're really going out of their way to gimp that character so the, yeah, so the story works right, which is really unfortunate. Because she was one of the coolest characters in the first season. Um... What else happened this week? Yeah, Halloween. I went to uh, our friends Jen and Kip. They have a, uh, a little girl who just turned five. Her birthday is on Halloween. Um, uh, they live in a neighborhood in Portland called Lads Edition. Mm -hmm. People aren't from Portland, and it's this very it's it's a super rich neighborhood, and they're rich enough that they don't need street lights at night, so it's pitch black, and it's these big rich houses on this. Bunch of wide streets. I'm gonna interrupt you right now, real quick. Lad's Edition was developed as this like idyllic community by this guy named yeah. Lad, and his whole thing is that he didn't want the this beautiful vision of these avenues and these streets with these beautiful giant trees to be ruined by um, public utilities. So there are alleys behind all the outhouses, and that's where the garbage is cooked up. That's where the sewer lines are, and that's where all the street lights are. But yeah, the streets proper are fucking pitch black. It's terrible. Yeah, and no Halloween night you go down there it's great because there's a lot like, it's a lot of rich families with a lot of kids mm -hmm. in really like crazy outfits there's so many princess bubblegums on, on like walking this neighborhood but it's pitch black it's it's black enough that like even that like all these uh, the, the streets are lined with these giant oaks and elm trees that are like a hundred feet tall that create this like canopy and, and of course in the fall all the leaves fall off and it creates this perfect Halloween silhouette where if you look up while you're walking down the street it's just this canopy above your head of of dead trees and the stars and the moon and kids walking around you in perfect pitch black darkness and Halloween costumes lit. Only by like you know their flashlights and stuff like that. It is the perfect. It is the most idealized like Spielbergian Halloween experience I've ever yeah. seen. No. And so yeah, every time we go down to uh, Taryn's birthday party on Halloween night, we end up uh, seeing that stuff, and it's all very cool. A uh, birthday party, you know, it's a birthday party for a five-year-old. So she spent the whole time screaming about when her uh, when she was going to be able to open her presents and stuff. Not screaming, but to be fair, that is exactly what my birthday is like. Well, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's just funny with a kid. When, you know, a birthday party for a kid when she's that age it's just like here's one present she just rips it open to see what it is and moves on to the next one without even thinking about what she just opened or anything yeah um, so my halloween we got I, my light was off but i only even heard because fully sick i only even heard one group of trick-or-treaters go by that was it for the whole night nothing oh, i heard really? nothing julia my friend julia who lives in lad's edition 
um, bought 16 bags of candy. I can see, because that, that's a huge... Well, I think what it's, it's not well, only that neighborhood that kids, gave, but I think... They gave that? them all out, and she had to turn off her light halfway through the evening. Yeah, no, we... Kids were still coming up... At, it was, like, after 9 p.m., because I think usually, how, like, a trick-or-treating kind of dies around around 8 o'clock down there. And even after, like, 9, 9.30, there were still tons of kids, like, running around it. Ah, it was, and, like, did she give out full bars? It seems like it should be a full no. bar neighborhood. No. A really fun size. That's right. Like in, that, in a richy neighborhood like that, if you give out fun size, you're going to get fucking egg like a motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, that was Halloween. Came home again. As I always do, I fell asleep while watching uh, the, the Bride of Frankenstein commentary. Um, and, yeah, I watched, well, the, the other thing I watched on Halloween Night 2 was... Uh, it was the first movie that Karloff made right after the first Frankenstein movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called The Old Dark House, which is also uh, directed by the same guy who did Frankenstein. Which is weird because it's like this. It's all about these uh, rich people in England who get stranded at this inn uh, where uh, where uh, Karloff plays a drunk, giant drunk bearded guy who's uh, a butler for this super evil rich kind of fae kind of Judge Claude Frollo kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just kind of get stuck at this house, and it's more of a, like people get murdered and stuff. But it's more of a comedy than it's a horror movie. It's really weird, huh. but it still kind of has like like you know early 1930s kind of like black and white horror movie aesthetic. And uh, just kind of interesting little film. Uh, I don't think it's a, I don't know if you can even buy it anywhere. Maybe, maybe actually it can be public domain at this point. But um, I thought that was cool. I, I've always heard people talk about that. It was a uh, long lost. Uh, people thought it was a lost film, or at least it was a lost film for like 50 years and I think just a decade or two ago they found copies of it finally and that that became a known film again. Huh. It's weird to think how many films exist that there are no copies left of it. And yeah. that this is one of those films until someone fan- randomly found a copy in some vault somewhere. Hmm. Um, so, I don't know. That was kind of my Halloween. Monkey yeah, pants. I, I really wanted to watch Arsenic and Old Lace. And yeah, I, uh, that's a good one. I uh, went to get my DVD and I opened the box and the disc was gone. <laughs> What? What's it cost? What's it cost? Yeah, costs? yeah it's buried. DVD. It's buried. Yeah, I had a DVD. It's buried underneath the in the basement, obviously. You know, you could have found the. Uh... <laughs> could have looked to the internet dumpster. <laughs> no, not in the internet dumpster. Instead of that euphemism, we have to retire that for what's the little what's what, what's like the little foot case that they actually hide the body in arsenic and old lace. Oh, there's the window. Um, yeah, the windowsill kind of like the, the seat, seat case. Yeah. yeah, the window seat. We're gonna have to okay. We're we're gonna have to be less brazen about talking about the internet dumpster. Now it's gonna be the inter, uh, the, the, the the internet window seat. I don't like the implication. Don't look of in there. It's where illegal. We find MP3s and dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else? That's pretty much it for me this week. Oh, I started. Um, I uh. Eating broccoli. Have... I have work to do this weekend. I've been working from home, but I started playing uh, Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. I'm barely into it. I'm like maybe 20 minutes into it, but God, that's a beautiful game. It's Which really game? a Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. Can you control it? Because I've downloaded the demo, and that the controls just kind of split my brain in half. I couldn't figure it's like I figured really it out, hard but it for me. like yeah, I had a hard time adapting to that stuff. It's really hard for me, but it's so freaking pretty. As long as there aren't any super time-sensitive puzzles, yeah, I'll be okay. But yeah, it's just such a gorgeous game. I really Can't like you the get, art. Uh, you're married. Can't you get fully just to hold the other half of the controller? I could actually. That would solve the problem. And that's an excuse for you guys to cuddle. 
Oh, yeah. With your, with your shirts off. That's right, Bill. That's because, you know, it's a scary game some points, and you might, like, sweat. And you <laughs> want to dirty your shirt. Is that how girls work? I don't know. <laughs> that is that's pretty much it, Bill. You got it. You cracked the code. Oh, the other thing. The thing, that, the, the thing that's actually keeping me lit as we're recording on the video stream. I've been, uh, I can't even see that. I've been playing uh, some more Wind Waker on the H, um, not the HD, on the Wii U. Um, I've almost gotten to the point, which is the best part of the game, where you find underwater Hyrule. Spoilers uh-huh. for Wind Waker. Uh, that that's the part of the game everyone remembers because you yeah. It turns out you end up finding the Hyrule from the previous two games. It's actually flooded beneath the ocean that you've been running around the whole game. Oh really? And it's that's kind of cool. frozen in time. It's one of the creepiest, coolest things that's ever been in a Zelda game. And, and like the people are still alive, but they're frozen in place. Ah. It's almost like something like out of Sleeping Beauty or something like that. And uh, yeah, they've been down there for like ten thousand years or something like that. And you kind of run around and explore. And it's 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 every when people think about when people think and talk about Wind Waker HD, that's kind of that that's always been the the highlight of the game that game. And so. Yeah, but actually, I've been running around uh, filling in bits of my map and exploring and doing stuff, doing everything I can without having to actually go to that underwater Hyrule stuff, because yeah. once I do that, I don't know if I'm ever going to play the rest of the game. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the game is bad or anything like that, but, like... Yeah. Especially with two new consoles coming up. I don't want to waste all my gaming energy to play these games that aren't going to be out. That's... <laughs> I, need to, I, I need to set aside as uh, set aside all my gaming energy so I can play Flower in 60 frames per second. Yes, I know that's really important to you, dude. <laughs> yeah, I gotta pace myself. What else? What else? I got nothing else. What else? Is that it? Oh, I that's got it. my oh, uh, e-reader this week. Oh, how's that? I'm actually... What wretched so... porn did you first fire that up with? <laughs> oh, you know, I can't imagine. There's... I have an anthology out there of uh, called Girls Who Score that's all lady jocks. <laughs> it's actually really good, by the way. Oh, and the thing is, is that I kept, I had it in my pocket at work because it's small enough it fits in my back pocket. And I kept wanting to show my coworkers. I'm like, oh, you got to see this e-reader. It's really cool. And I kept popping it out of my pocket and like opening it up. And it's just like, it's my boring. It's just like the first thing you see. And I'm like, oh, right. Oh, yeah, let me screw my juices off of this real quick. Um, let me let me pop, pop up in this Robin Hood book in here and show that. Well, but, uh, what what witchy witchy reader did you get? I wound up getting a Kindle just because Amazon had a deal going where they were giving you forty dollars off if you bought one of their e-readers. And I've been okay. thinking about e-readers for a while That's because nice. yeah. my uh, my therapist, my doctor, and my acupuncturist all three were like, "Hey, stop looking at screens an hour and a half before you get to sleep because yeah, it basically I, I wakes know. up your brain." We were talking about this last week, but I don't know if it was on the podcast. But yeah, yeah. this is a whole yeah medical thing for you at this point. Yeah, so uh, it's. Uh, it's been great. I mean, I gotta say, it's it. I, I object fundamentally to mono tools, but the e-ink is so good on the eyes. Uh, it so with the with the coupon and everything, it wound up being thirty bucks. And frankly, thirty bucks is about. I think you know that's. It's, with the what? With the coupon. Say that again. The coupon bill. You mean the goddamn coupon? No, the it's coupon. a coupon bill. Bill, when the military rises up and takes over the government, what is that? It's a Q. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what do they have to form in order to get into the revolution? A coup. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that <laughs> you ass. 
Hey, excuse me, Annie. I have to go cut this coupon for some caramels. <laughs> <laughs> Coupons for Bill, caramels. Bill, Jesus Christ. I invite Christ. you to fuck yourself. What friend. the fuck? So, anyway, this kid. How do you put it? I dig. <laughs> That's I like the most I, I dig e-ink. I really yeah. like it. I really want an e-ink word processor. Just like a tiny, like, little... You know what they say. E-ink word processor. What, Bill? Something about e-ink and the pink and one in the stink. I don't know. <laughs> That's my review. <laughs> Fair enough. That's the oh. shocker. <laughs> anyway, so, technology No, but is it great. good? Like, so like but you, you don't... Yeah. No, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty great. It's uh, I, I do enjoy it, but yeah, like I said, thirty bucks is about my limit. What's obnoxious though is the there I got the cheapest Kindle and it's ad supported, so whenever it's in a it's powered off, there's a full screen ad, and then when you're looking at your home screen, there's like a banner ad at the bottom, yeah. which you know it's they're all for books, so it's not oh, okay. Most... So it's not just like yeah, here's like fruit Jello cups or something like that. No. Yeah, something that's completely. So at yeah. least it's relevant to my interests. And again, it was. $30. But if I paid $70 for a thing that had ads on it, I'd be pretty pretty PO'd. Do you know if that supports like interior illustrations? Like if you were to get get a Harry Potter ebook, would it have the Mary Grand Prix? Okay, so that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's I can cuz like yeah, there's like cover images and stuff. I mean, it's all black and white and grayscale. But uh, um, did you see that Amazon Matchbook launch this week too? No. Did? Uh you could you could look it up. Yeah, actually, maybe during the break you could look at it and see how many of your books qualify because everyone is amazed at the sheer lack of supported titles that thing has. <laughs> For people that know, Amazon Ma- Matchbook is the thing where um, they're making it so that uh, eventually any book you've bought through Amazon.com, if there's an ebook version of it, you'll have the option to buy that ebook at a at even three uh, three dollars or less. It's not free, but you know, it's, it's a really reduced cost. Uh, so yeah, but the service launched this week, and I think I have probably literally bought hundreds of books from Amazon.com. Yeah. Of those hundreds of books, three of them were supported by Matchbook right now. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Which I have little... four. Yeah. Uh, what are let's they? Let's see. A book my acupuncturist told me to buy during my nervous breakdown. Yeah. One of the ladylike book club books. Uh, a book I bought for Brenna for Christmas about Jim Henson. Yeah, that's that. That's the one I have. Yeah. Volume four of the Six Gun. <laughs> that's weird. So you gotta you gotta see if you can download the the Six Gun onto the Kindle and see what happens. Yeah, I actually It'll blow should. up your Kindle. Well, no, I mean it would work. It just theoretically it'd just be all be grayscale ish. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So. I like my my mono device. I would like an e-ink word processor, please, to carry on in my pocket. The end. That's all I got, dude. You want to take a break and do the Geek Week interview? No, I want just to stare in silence more for longer. <laughs> it does make for pretty good podcasting. Okay, we're gonna go because I have to poop. Okay, all right, friends. Actually, I don't. All right, we'll be back for the Geek Week interview. Okay, I'm gonna go get a beverage. Bill. Okay, wait, I have to poop. <laughs> okay. It's it's coming and going. Well, that's my product. This new Willy Wonka candy I bought. <laughs> I'm gonna be back in a second. It's called the Bow Fucker. We our two viewers with. No, wait. Oh, so we actually do. Well, you can. Oh no, two viewers. So again, this is like we're sharing a bumper car together, me and you two viewers. And this bumper car 
I've never seen a bumper car that only holds three people, which is kind of weird. Why would there be two seats in the back of a bumper car? Do you, I mean, are you expecting to be a single, uh, a single parent with two children? Uh, would this bumper car be marketed to people who just need two seats for groceries? To carry groceries on the way home? Um, man, that is, that, fuck flying cars, seriously. My dream, someday in the future, is that bumper cars will be drivable on the road. It's the perfect, like, if you don't want to spend that much money for, like, a real car, like, yeah, like, $10,000 for a real car, you can drop, like, 500 on a bumper car. As long as you can't really probably use it in the rain that much, but, it, you know, as long as you can, it's like riding a bike. If you know it's going to be sunny, and you're never, you're never going to go fast enough with a bumper car that's going to require you to use a windbreaker, so it's not like you have to invest in a windbreaker or, like, biking chaps. What are you- are you eating salami after you almost poisoned your wife with salami, Annie? Yep. <laughs> that was different. That was artisanal, locally made salami. This is mass-produced, um... Yeah, the safe stuff. This exactly. stuff that's been, like, processed into oblivion, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're eating shoe leather at this point. Yep. Did you know the, the- the candy, like, the fruit by a foot and stuff? Like, the fruit pressed- the flat fruit candy? Mm -hmm. You know what that's called? Fruit leather. That is the candy term for that stuff. I just I read about that this week. That's pretty fantastic, my friend. Man. Man, it's getting chilly, so this is perfect time for, like, cooking. I can't talk about this, because you don't, you hate cooking. So I can't help with this. I found this great recipe. I like eating. I know, but eating is, eating is better than cooking, that's for damn sure. But still, I found this great recipe for a chicken stew. Mmm. In Cook's Illustrated, which you think, that sounds like it should be just chicken soup. But no, it's essentially just beef stew with chicken in it. Yeah. But you make it with uh, potatoes, bacon. Oh man, it sounds fucking good. You roast a whole bunch of chicken wings to get like the collagen out oh, of them. Seriously? And... Wow. Oh man, it sounds good. It's it's a process, but like yeah, be like oh, I read that recipe last night. Was... Yeah, I I have a boner for that soup right now. Is that lunch? Man, I had soup for lunch. Yeah. And a sandwich, and I'm still fucking starving. Really? Yeah. Are, are you are you bulking up for yeah for winter for the, for the Oscars? You are a bear though. That is that, that does make sense. You are you you are the world's uh, most hairless honey bear. So I realized last night that Foley is a badger. I was explaining this to her. Wait, what? Foley is a badger. Are we actually doing other king casting now? <laughs> That's just straight up for for is it other? No, it's not other kin when you're an animal, is it? Yeah, other well, I think other can also, you can also be like fairies. Yeah, I, I always associate other kin with other that are um, like not not anthropomorphic or yeah, you know, like they're a dragon, but not like an anthropomorphic dragon. But or it's like we're like um, uh, like elves, or you think you're a Dracula or something. Any other kin listening can email us details about. <laughs> <laughs> about your religious No, beliefs? I'm actually... No, I'm curious. Do other kin... Would someone who identifies as a fox, would an other kin consider that another kin? Or is that a, just a furry? I don't know. Yeah, that's a different thing. No, furries, I, th I, furries, I would assume, are part of like the furry subculture with the suits and everything like that. Whereas other well, kin seem like... Those are I, I, I can see some furries can be other kin, but not all other kin are furries. That's what I'm <laughs> Um, so, so what is Foley? Foley's a badger? Foley's a badger! I was just thinking about it. I was, uh, uh, 
I'm thinking about Wind in the Willows, and yeah. uh, I was like, oh man, Foley's Badger. She's kind of this big. I can't uh, talking about this. She's a big yeah. gruff person who lives in her little hole in the woods, which is actually really sweet. What are you? I'm a wolf, Bill. Obviously you are a wolf. wolf. What am I? I'm 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 Jabu Jabu from Zelda. I'm a big, <laughs> big fish. He sits there and dispenses pearls that let people continue on their quests. I this podcast is my way of dispensing pearls of wisdom <laughs> to you, Link, the listener. Wow. I just Google that. image search Jabu Jabu. That's intense. Yeah. Oh, was it bad? No, he's a big fish, dude. Wait, unless I got the name wrong. Am I right? He's got, like, creepy teeth. Yeah, I gotta look this up. Oh, that's the other one. Yeah, there's, there's, I forgot there's two Jabus. That's from uh, Ocarina of Time. Wait, what, what the hell's the guy I'm thinking of? Yeah, he's got fucked. It's a fish with teeth, which is always kind of alarming. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? How you doing? Hey, okay, let's do the geek. Okay, let's do the thing. Hey, everybody, we're so back. wait. If you're, if you're a wolf, <laughs> yeah, should you have hunted down that salami? I, I'm a bad wolf. What do you want from me? <laughs> Lazy hey everybody, wolf. it's time for Geek Week in review. Here we go. Let's look at the week. What was? What? 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 What happened? Um, it's so weird without Grumpy notes. Turtle here to t- ask us questions. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, um, that was great. I had a good time last week. Oh well, yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, Grumpy Turtle, for doing. Grumpy Turtle is the best. Uh, Miyazaki has a heart condition. Bill, tell me about this. What's up with Miyazaki? Uh, so it turns out that the reason he he, he just recently announced his upteenth retirement this past right. summer. Uh, although this is the he's always talked about how he was going to retire, and after he's finished every film, he said he w- he was retired. This is the first time he actually came out and said it had a formal announcement of that. This is it. I'm done. Uh, see y'all, motherfuckers, later. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out that um, he was admitted to the hospital just like a week or two ago. In in Japan, uh, turns out he actually does have a heart condition, mm-hmm. and that he had actually visited the, he he, he had some there was some, not a heart attack, but he had some kind of heart related thing go crazy uh, two weeks ago. It turns out the same thing happened about a month ago too, mm-hmm. and that uh, he was diagnosed about a year ago with like some kind of there's something wrong with his heart. There's no details because you know the Japanese aren't saying anything it's not like Studio Ghibli saying anything about this because they're saying this is just a personal matter we're not going to discuss it but supposedly a close personal friend of Miyazaki did come out and confirm that this heart condition that he's been diagnosed with this is why he announced his retirement over the summer this sounds like this may actually be this is it sounds like he's not going to come back for another feature film so it sounds like this the Wind Rises movie that just came out this past summer this looks like this may be his last feature film that he actually directs yeah yeah and the news of that came out just as I think the next Ghibli movie the not it's not directed by Miyazaki but this is going to be the other movie that was going to come out along with uh, the Wind Rises uh, but that got delayed. But it's coming out now. That's supposed to be coming out in Japan, like, like in the next week or two. Too. But it's it's yeah, that sucks. The good guy, you know, time is kicking his ass officially now. Man, post Miyazaki Ghibli. That's weird. That's Tumblr's gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Those not places. just Tumblr, but the whole like artistic online say, community. Because yeah, yeah, Miyazaki is such a tent pole creative. Crush. Yeah. Not crutch, but influence for everybody. Where it's just like, Jesus Christ. Uh, thankfully, 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 they've trained everyone at the studio to draw just like Miyazaki anyway, so it's (laughs) so you can't even tell who's directed what (laughs) half the time anyway. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 
The Xbox One's operating system still be all fucked up and may not be done in time for launch. Also, the Xbox One will be able to play MP3s, CDs, and stream some content from PCs. But the PS4 will not. On the flip side, the PS4 will suck your dick, but the Xbox One won't unless you turn the lights out first. So it's kind of a wash in the end. It doesn't really, really matter which one you get. Good joke there, Bill. Uh, yeah, so supposedly it's the snap feature, which is the thing that, like, on the Xbox One, that, like, you jump out of a game without turning mm-hmm. it off and, like, you go, yeah. like, I'm gonna go see what's on YouTube. I need to go order a pizza from the Domino's desktop Xbox One app. Yeah. Um, supposedly this, this feature in particular, they still, what, the, the console launches in three weeks and it's still not working correctly. Oh, jeez. And it sounds folks. like, yeah, it sounds like at the very least... The console's going to have to ship with a massive patch they'll have to download before the system will work. At the very least, there's a lot of rumors that it may actually be weeks, if not months, before Sony actually fixes this feature. And suppose that the whole UI is it, because it's all built around the snap thing. That like the idea that you can jump from from the game to this app and do this and do that. Um, and you watch, you know, there's the whole TV app and everything. That's a big part of this. That if that's not working, that's like a huge part of the reason why the Xbox uh, One was designed this way. Yeah. And we'll find out in a couple weeks whether or not it's working or not once people start plugging that shit in and see uh, what shape that uh, UI is in. But hmm. I, mean, I do not kind of any of the engineers at Microsoft right now. Yeah, so... Yeah, it sounds like they didn't nail down the specs of the Xbox One until really late, at least, especially compared to the PlayStation One, which explains why the PlayStation One seems to be in pretty decent shape, but the Xbox One continues to be just kind of a fiasco in terms of what it's supposed to do and how well it's going to work before launch. But Yeah, but the, the, the flip side is, yeah, PlayStation, yeah, Sony announced that, like, a lot of the basic... Not, not a lot of them, but some of the uh, basic functionality which was part of consoles and for the last couple of generations is not in there. Like, yeah, the, it's kind of sad to think you can't play a CD and a PlayStation yeah. console anymore, you know, because that was the basis for the first place. It's almost kind of like a legacy thing. Yeah, I yeah. think somebody came out and said, well, maybe we could patch that stuff in later. Who knows? But <laughs> I know it's, 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 a, it's a kind of a bummer that you won't be able to stream any content off of PC to your PlayStation 4 because that's how I did a lot of my custom soundtracks on the Xbox. Yeah. Xbox 360, like, when I played Red Dead, I in, in iTunes, I created a Red Dead Redemption, like, country western, yeah. uh, Ennio Cone Spaghetti Western soundtrack, or Fallout. Fallout, yeah. man. The, the, the ability to stream music from my MacBook to uh, my Xbox 360, that was a huge, like, rather than listening to Fallout 3's, like, same four songs over again for the course of the 100 hours it took me to play that game, like, I, I took your uh, custom-made Fallout uh, playlist and listen to the shit out of that for over 100 hours, and that was you fantastic. You chose wisely, Bill. Yeah. That, was good. That, that seriously enhanced my appreciation of that game. That was yeah. not just a trifle. And knowing that can't be done on the PlayStation 4 is kind of a bummer. Yeah. And it sounds like there's no MP3. Like, there's not going to be any... But you can't rip uh, MP3s to the hard drive, too, on the PlayStation 4, which kind of sucks. But... There are some features that... Like, that's one of those features where, as much as it sucks for it to go away, I think people don't really use it. Like, other than Bill. Billy Mudrin. <clears throat> and we've talked about this before in the past, how my, uh, how it makes me kind of nuts to think of you playing games with different soundtracks sometimes, because it's part of the... Oh, so. Well, like, for example, I played the first Assassin's Creed on the PS3 with a custom soundtrack, and yeah. I didn't enjoy it. All of the, um, I kind of drained all the arthurial, ar- ar- arthurial intent 
from the like a lot of the dramatic moments and things like that because I, I had taken away from the this. wonderful story that the first Assassin's Creed but had. My point is is that when I replayed it later on the Xbox, I enjoyed it a lot more because I got the real big oh, picture okay. of yeah. <laughs> and like a game like Rented that has so many great musical cues. It's not like good musical yeah. cues, but it's even better when you've actually got real Ennio Morricone blasting as you're like riding across the you know like oh it's so good it was so dramatic it was I'll grant you Fallout though Fallout yeah, no, totally Fallout. granted I mean the music in Fallout's great but there's not just not that much of it especially compared to how long that game kind of expects you to play it to get to the end I uh when when they make Fallout 4 I'm just saying I would get it for PC if someone makes a mod where you can add your own stations to your Pip Boy. Don't say that. Punk Grumpy Turtle is going to come after you. <laughs> Justifiably so. If you're going to make that kind of grand statement, you deserve to get called out on it. Um, but yeah, no, like Assassin, well, going back to Assassin's Creed, uh, knowing that Assassin's Creed was essentially just ripping its entire aesthetic off Kingdom of Heaven. Oh, the yeah. Ridley Scott movie. I just ripped the Kingdom of Heaven soundtrack off, uh, like you know, or I, I just streamed that from my uh, from iTunes onto the onto the 360, and that was great. Like it felt like I was playing That's a movie. That's a good soundtrack, man. I was yeah, and especially like maybe if you know, like you're gonna miss out on you know specific sound cues matching up to dramatic events and stuff. But like going back and listening to the soundtrack for the first Assassin's Creed thing. Yeah. Uh, for for the first game, I don't, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. But that's that's completely personal preference and how much you like this music compared to that music. Sure. I don't think I would have had a bad time playing Assassin's Creed uh, with the original soundtrack, but at least I liked having the option. At least if you can say fuck, Absolutely. I'm just gonna throw this different kind of music. Absolutely. So. Yeah. You know what? One of my favorite things, man, fucking Fallout 3. Not even like the old timey music you gave me, but I also did slip in some music of all things from the Transformers movie. <laughs> Not even okay. the good one, but from the Michael Bay one, there's this one wow. called Arrival to Earth, which, man, if you're, like, in Fallout, and you're, and you're like, cresting the horizon of this blasted landscape and fighting, you know, Cobra Kai, or whatever the fuck the monsters are in that game, that music comes out, it's all pumping, it's like, yeah, you feel, this feels like you are saving the world, it was great. Uh, anyway, oh, so. Oh, Billy. All right, let's see. Um, sound like there may be a chance that Uncharted 4 may be unveiled, either at the Spike TV Video Game Awards next month or as part of the PS4 launch event a few days before the PS4 launches in two weeks. Yeah, um, did you, you didn't hear anything about this today? Nope. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Well, tell me, tell me, tell me. I guess people from Naughty Dog over the last couple of weeks have not been very shy about just talking about how they do have new games in development, which, right. I mean, that's not crazy. But there were a lot of hints supposedly dropped that they were thinking about, like, they were supposedly working on a new uh, game that takes place in space somehow. And this week, uh, some of their guys came out and said, no, we're working on a new game. We can't talk about it, but I can tell you it doesn't take place in space. And then somebody else came out just even today on a podcast somewhere where it it wasn't somebody from Naughty Dog, but it was someone – it was a Pete Dodd, the guy who started the whole um, campaign to get – to rid the Xbox One of DRM. Supposedly, he has a lot of industry contacts, and he came out and said, yeah, Uncharted 4 is out there. And then other rumors started leaking that uh, either Uncharted 4 is going to be announced at the VGAs or it's going to be announced at a uh, press event the the night before the PlayStation 4 launches. Which, if you're going to announce Uncharted 4, that is the place – that would be a fucking slam dunk. I'm actually tearing up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, who knows? There's still a chance it could not happen, but man, yeah. Dude, you're of course Uncharted... it's going to happen. Of course yeah. they're working on Uncharted 4. No, no, but I'm just talking about the announcement. I, I, I've been, I've been, 
I've always assumed Uncharted 4 would be the first big PlayStation 4 game that's going to get announced for next year. Um, but yeah, I actually I mean, do. I can't help it. I'm tearing up just thinking about Uncharted 4. Yeah. Now, don't you feel a little bad about canceling your PS4 pre-order? I will buy the special edition that has Uncharted 4 with it. I'll get, like, the crazy... I've never done that before. I'll get the console with the game. Annie, I will buy you a PlayStation 4 and put it in a glass case with a little hammer that says, in case of Uncharted 4, break break glass. (laughs) And you won't even touch it for a whole year. Well, I'll buy it for you in December. Like, Uncharted 4 won't be out until, like, literally, like, Black Friday next year. (laughs) Just in case it comes out earlier, you know. Oh man, Uncharted Four. But no, that would make total sense. I mean, that 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 is Sony's big ace in the hole, and that like, why wait to announce that in like March or something? Yeah. Yeah. And imagine, yeah, that would be totally just shoving shove a boxing glove up up Microsoft's ass. With you know, because Microsoft just announced that Titanfall is exclusive next spring, but if Sony can roll out and be like, oh, Nathan Drake, he's coming to your house. He's coming to oh, your man. house. Oh, man. High, super high-res Nathan Drake. No, you know what? Actually, uh, the, I didn't tell you the other rumor. It's supposed to be, it just be uh, it's a collectible card game. <laughs> they, you they laugh. To go there is a collectible card game for Uncharted for with Uncharted 4. Yeah. That's an actual game that exists. Yeah. No, but dude, it's gonna be—he's well, gonna be so well thing. rendered. You're gonna get to see the dimples on his butt cheeks under his jeans. It's gonna be so good. Unless it's not Drake, unless it's Charlie Cutter. Which again, I'm fine looking at his butt cheek dimples too. So who would be? Who's gonna be making Uncharted Four? Because Nick Druckmann. He's the guy who was a creative lead on Uncharted One and Two. He... Neil Druckmann was the creative lead on Uncharted Two. Arthur. Druckmann was the caterer of <laughs> Uncharted 1 and 2. I don't Who know. are we talking about, Neil? Is it Neil? What, what did I say? You said uh, Nick. Nick. Well, his um, brother... My boyfriend, Neil Druckmann, <laughs> was just, he, was on, he, he worked on Uncharted 1, but he was the creative director for Uncharted 2. Oh, what, what did he do on Uncharted 1? Was, was he the caterer then? And he, yes, Phil. They're like, man, Nick, these, Nick, Neil, <laughs> his name is Neil. These canapes, canapes. How do you pronounce that? Canapes. So good. Oh. Anyway, I'm I'm excited about it. I just I just love those American like, people so much. Would you rather him working on either The Last of Us Two or a new whole game as opposed to another Uncharted? Or what would you? Because well, he, he did not work on Uncharted Three, and that turned turned out not to be a very good not not a bad game, but it was not as good as the previous two. Well, I think Neil. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, Neil Druckmann just tweeted. Uh, on the first, he said, "Today I saw a piece of uh, a concept piece for a potential future project that was super inspiring. Can't wait to explore those deals ideas after the Last of Us DLC." And uh, yeah, I don't know. I doubt it would be. I doubt it'd be Uncharted Four, just because, frankly, I think he now has the clout that he can do whatever he wants, and I don't think he'd necessarily yeah. want to do. Yeah, anyone who says game. I was the project lead of Uncharted Two and Last of Us, that's. He he, yeah. he he he's he's now ascended to the ranks of gaming loyal, uh, royalty at this point in terms of developer stuff. Yeah. Um. um I pigs in space. Maybe they maybe they aren't lying that maybe their next game isn't in space, but there is a space game that will come out after Uncharted Four, and that he's directing is Pigs in Space. It's 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 like a Walking Dead choose your own adventure thing. See, I want it to be Pigsy in space. Pigsy from Enslaved for no apparent reason whatsoever. I think that. Telltale. What Uncharted Four? I just want to see HD Ellie. Not Ellie. Wait, who's the Elena? Elena. Oh man, Sully's mustache. <laughs> Assuming Sully doesn't get hit by a truck in the first opening cutscene of Uncharted 4. 
I love. I forgot about how much of a like a lady boner you have for that game. <laughs> for people not watching, listening to this at home, and not watching the live stream, Annie's just kind of melting in her chair, just thinking about each super HD Uncharted. Hey, what, what, think, well, I'm going to dampen your spills. What if it's only in 720p? How much is that going to kill you? <laughs> now you just want to throw your chair through a window. Why is life even worth living anymore? <laughs> in other news, Telltale Games has released a t- teaser trailer for the next Walking Dead game, starring a playable Clementine. Yeah! How do you feel about that twist? I... The Walking Dead, the first season of The Walking Dead was such a perfect little slice of story. Yeah. That I could still, I could easily, I mean, I'm glad that they're coming back. And th- this is this is the last game that the guys who left to found, what the hell's the name of their new studio? Campo Santos. Campo Santos. They did work on this game. I don't know if they were stuck with this game until all the way to the end. Or mm-hmm. if they only set it up and let other people execute their ideas or what. So, but I don't know. I just it was so good that it kind of made, makes me reticent to play more because I feel like I had my yeah. fill and I had that was the story and that was it. And I kind of like the way it ended with yeah. her being alone. You don't know what's gonna happen to her. Yeah. And I mean, the idea of playing as a child in a post-apocalyptic zombie landscape—that's more interesting than playing as some you know big macho guy with guns and shit. That's for damn sure. That is true. That is the angle that is intrinsically fa- like really cool to be yeah. a young girl in this scenario to be any any time to be a young girl in a game is is cool much less really narrative heavy game but yeah it's interesting to have been so obviously they couldn't do another season of you taking care of clementine because that emotional they already did that yeah yeah that's done yeah so like they got to do something different and i don't know i i'm intrigued and i'll play it but i don't know at the same time playing clementine what I liked about Lee is that Lee is an adult, and when he's making morally difficult decisions, he's really cognizant of the morality of those decisions, yeah. which is not to say that a child can't be. But yeah, that's the thing. The whole the whole weight of this game is going to be different now just because it is a different kind of person. Yeah. Not just a different person, but, like, it's a child. I mean, Clem- Clementine's been through a whole hell of a lot. And also, yeah. I'm a little worried that they might little lean too hard at on it would be really easy to push players buttons about the spoilers for the walking dead the first season of the walking dead but what's it, lee dies at the end of the first game and i could see it be hopefully they, they they're very light with how they treat that i don't want like the first whole opening cinematic of the walking dead season two just being like oh remember this and how sad it was and like yeah. I, well, it's got to get brought up and introduced somehow, like, the, like the, she had been protected by this guy, Lee, and he died somehow. But, I don't know, yeah, it, it sounds potentially interesting, but it also sounds like it could potentially be kind of a little bit of a clusterfuck. But then again, I trust the guys who make, I mean, they made the first season, they did a great job, and it's, and, and if there's anything wrong with this new season, it's not for lack of trying or lack of forethought or anything like that. Well, at the end of the day, um, I don't envy anybody who has to write a follow-up to, or create a follow-up to The First Walking Dead, because yeah. that was just such, it was, it was just like this perfect little honed narrative that, that, that you know, delivered a very particular payload, yeah. and it's like, how do you, how do you follow that up? Yeah, without recycling so much of the stuff that happened the first game it needs to be kind of like the empire strikes back where it moves the story forward without just like regurgitating all the stuff that pushed everyone's buttons in the first game but like 
uh, then you risk alienating but people. But maybe, who... maybe it'll be like Uncharted 2 and even better than the first one. Yeah, this is, I mean, that's again, we might come back six months six months from now and slap ourselves upside the head for even questioning this. This still opens the door for her getting, maybe it's just her and what's her name with the pickaxe. Just that, they're the, they're the star of whole new game. The blonde haired chick who was all like Molly? running around leaping on top of stuff. Molly? Yeah, I forgot what her name was, but yeah, Molly. Yeah, she's she's pretty much the only side character you meet in the whole game that doesn't get killed. She just kind of runs. You kind of meet her for half a chapter, and then she runs away again. Yeah, she's I'm all sorry. pissed off because oh, wasn't it suggested that she was, uh, she was having sex with dudes at the hospital to get medication for her sister who had cancer or something like that? I'm thinking about Uncharted. What if? <sighs> I really am just thinking about Uncharted. <laughs> Out of your goddamn mind. When you said, when you said, when you said, wasn't she just having sex? Immediately went to um, Chloe straddling Drake. And that's where I am right now. I love um, that you're that much of a fan that like, any kind of mention of sex just takes you back to Uncharted. Yeah. <laughs> Chloe straddling Stonehenge. <laughs> what? What famous? Okay, if we're gonna go back to Uncharted, what? Like, where would you like the next Uncharted game to take place? What historical figure would be the crux of the story, assuming it's the same? Nothing is the least interesting part of Uncharted to me. I don't care. It's all just an excuse None, for... Unless it's Chloe's vagina. Well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What no. if they're going after Alexander... Here's my prediction. Uncharted 4 is about going after Alexander the Great something-something. Turns out Alexander the Great is somehow magically still alive, played by Tom Hardy. Uncharted Four, Bill. <laughs> I'm so. We really need to change the subject because I keep. <sighs> okay. What's the I, I can't tell if you're embarrassed or turned on by this conversation. No, I'm just. I'm so excited. I love Uncharted <laughs> so much. South Park: The Stick of Truth got delayed until next March. Yeah, be excited about that. How how bummed are you about that? <laughs> I know you're almost excited about South Park as you are. Uh, well, yeah, obviously. Fucking Uncharted. I do have a big old crush on Cartman, let's be honest. Yes, I mean, if you could see his pimples and his zits in HD, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> I still think that game looks interesting just because it really actually does look like the cartoon. Yeah, did you see the gameplay video they released? Is there a gameplay video? Yeah, they released it. It's, as far, it's the first gameplay video I've seen this week. They did. It's interesting. So much of it is cut. Seems it may well just be this video, the slice that they showed. It seems to be really cutscene heavy, which yeah. you know, yeah, South Park. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, can't I still can't believe that that they're doing Obsidian Studios is doing a South Park RPG. I know people people are worried about that game because no one's actually been allowed to play that game yet, despite the fact that the game was supposed to be out in just a couple weeks. And Obsidian does have a proud history of yeah, that, unfinished that's, games. Yeah. Well, even Bless. then, the, when they announced the this December release date, only I think they only announced it like less than a month ago, and it seemed like really kind of a hurried like we don't know when this game is going coming out. Uh, December. And even though it's only supposed to be out in less than a month from now, it was at least until this week. Like, they weren't letting anyone actually play it or see what it looks like in motion. And it seems like, yeah, maybe it's kind of more fucked up state than most people, than the women let on. But how, do you feel, how hard can it be to make a goddamn South Park game? Oh, Bill. Bill, Bill, at some point in the next, in, in 2014, we'll be able to say in a month, Uncharted 4 will come out. Yeah, maybe it's going to surprise us. It's going to come out on Christmas morning. 
See, this is why you need to buy a PlayStation 4 now, just in case it comes out secretly. Maybe Titanfall is Uncharted 4. <laughs> Turns out, Alexander the Great, he built a giant robot army that the United States military has unleashed on the Earth. Oh, man. Have you started playing Mirror's Edge yet? You borrowed Mirror's Edge from me last weekend. I did. I have not. I did start playing Lost Odyssey, though. What's it good? Is it good? Grumpy Turtle, bless Grumpy Turtle, bought me a copy of Lost Odyssey, like, forever ago, and gave it to Bill to give to me, and I only just now got it, and I started playing it. Um, it's interesting. I used to play a lot of Japanese RPGs, like, a lot of them. Yeah. And, um... Which is funny, because uh, you won't play Zelda, but you'll play the hell out of, uh... They're very Jeff- different games, I know they're different dude. things, but still. I mean, RP- JRPGs may have not always the greatest stories or characters, but they have them. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. I appreciate that face. Uh, so anyway, I started playing it. It's it's really fascinating because it is very much so a JRPG, which I'm familiar enough with kind of the vocabulary, like the gameplay vocabulary of those sorts of games, and also kind of the narrative vocabulary of those sorts of yeah. games and archetypes and everything like that. It is fascinating to play it with Foley because Foley's just like she has no context. <laughs> what the hell is this? And this, yeah. is, this is her her peek into a game genre that you've spent hundreds of hours yeah, yeah. just soaking in that stuff. And now she's, like, getting... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's uh, it's interesting. It's hard to play for that reason, though, because I'm trying to take it pretty seriously. And meanwhile, Foley's like, why does he have, like, a backwards belly shirt for armor? <laughs> well, especially that being made by the same guys who made the Final Fantasy games, too. It's not going to be super progressive. It's going to be a hard old school uh, RPG, uh, JRPG in that sense, too. Yeah. yeah. So I, I played like an hour and a half of it. It's pretty charming yeah. so far. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll move on to the more actual Geek Week and review stuff. J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy are supposedly pushing for to have Star Wars 7 <laughs> uh, delayed until 2016 because they fucking goofed. How they goofed, Bill? Uh, no one knows, except that's the room. Well, it was funny because for some reason, like, a lot of, like, inside movie people were predicting that, well, I guess, I think last weekend was the first year anniversary of the announcement that Disney had bought the Star Wars thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so everyone was expecting, like, they might release, like, a little bit of a teaser trailer or some kind of, like, casting news or maybe the title of the movie uh, in anticipation of, of just celebrating the first year anniversary of this whole deal going down. Right. And right, instead of that, the news that broke was, yeah, supposedly J.J. Abrams thinks it's impossible to get the movie done by 2015. No one knows why, because the the uh, the first three Star Wars movies were all made under, like, two or three years uh, well, let's see. So they announced this deal in 2012. The movie's supposed to come out in 2015. So that's about two and a half years to get a movie done. Which actually, for a movie the size of a Star Wars movie, that's yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. I don't know. It shouldn't be, especially with digital technology. And uh, it shouldn't be. Come on. You man, just run the way on your Xbox One. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Weren't they yeah. saying that Industrial Light Magic was just going to use like like video game graphics for all their special effects in the future anyway? Yeah, well, so, they yeah, had, like, so no one is the engine for from uh, the tattoo the bounty hunter game. Yeah. No, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, so yeah, so I guess I guess the plan all along was to start filming on the new Star Wars movie, uh, like in uh, I think in January. And for some reason, yeah, J.J. Abrams is saying, like, no, this is impossible. And this is coming right after the news that they that they got rid of the original screenwriter, Michael Arndt. And now it's just J.J. Abrams and uh, 
uh, Larry Kasdan writing the screenplay themselves. But yeah, there's no specifics about what's going on, but they supposedly just keep on going to Disney saying, we need to extend this. We need to, this can't come out in 2015. It has to be 2016. Yeah. At Disney, this is, this is one of the bad things about Disney, especially with all the Marvel movies and everything, they've gotten to the habit of announcing a release date for a movie four years, five years, even six years in advance. Yeah. Not even knowing what the movie is, but then they like they sign all these marketing deals and all this stuff around the movie. Yeah. So the movie has to come out on a certain date. At some point, the movie is actually the least important part of that because there's all this yeah. marketing deals and stuff like that. The, at some point, the movie just becomes the product that you're filling into the, into the gap that makes all the other rest of the machinery move. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, money making exactly. machinery. And so rather than making movies di- organically, like, okay, well, maybe. You know, you maybe you do need more time. We'll give you six more months, which is not ideal. You you know, it's a movie's coming out. You know, a certain day you want it to come out then. But it's funny, like this giant crust of like marketing and stuff. These deals you sign on for years ahead in advance, kind of make it impossible to move movies around when maybe a movie actually does need to be delayed a year or two. Yeah. And yeah, Disney's like really a big fan of like that kind of like production scheduling, and that just seems to be. I don't know. I don't know. So we'll see what happens with the new Star Wars movie, but yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Joe Courtnish, the director of Attack the Block. Oh, you're not going to name Wait, what's the next piece of news? Oh, I, I actually scrolled past it. In related news, it was announced this week that J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy have accidentally spent last year working on a sequel to Goof Troop, which is now due for release in 2015. Sally Sumgood's coming out of this. Quality joke, Bill. I'm really glad I scrolled back up for that. <laughs> Joe Cornish, the director of Attack the Block, and Buddy Is Goof Troop even a movie or is that the TV show? Goof Troop was the TV show. The movie was a Goofy movie, and it did have a sequel called, I believe, A Goofy Sequel. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, no, not a goofy episode. Which one was the one one that had the hot dog? Not a hot dog, but the hot <laughs> female dog, as like someone's girlfriend. Because I've seen I've seen art of that online where I've been like, I'm assuming that's from like the Goofy movie, or something, but someone's jerking <laughs> yes, off of this. This is a Goofy movie. It's voiced by Topanga from Boy Meets World. Really? Did she yeah. give the German eyes too? <laughs> uh, there is there is some some eyelash batting yes. Who is she dating in that movie? Is that Goofy? She dates girlfriend? Max. She Max? dates Goofy's son Max. Is everyone a dog in that universe? Is that like Duckburg? Yes, everyone is a dog. Now that I think about it, yeah. Even like they meet um, Bigfoot, and even Big does Bigfoot have a dog nose? No, he has a pig nose. Really? I think. Kind of weirdly fucked up. Anyway, yeah. Uh, what if what if I'm another kid? Can I not just be a dog, but like a goofy dog? <laughs> I'm a dog, but I can well, still use toilets and and drive a car. Is aren't other aren't there some other kin who actually believe they are f- fictional characters like Sephiroth and stuff? Isn't that technically other kin? So couldn't you be another kin goofy? I think you That's could. Awesome. There's nothing keeping that. Oh man, if other kin are really pushing for like legal status, like we're like on on my birth certificate, I don't no longer have to put human. Can I just put goofy? Like when I go to the when I go to the airport, an airplane, they're like, "Okay, according to this, you're a 500 pound goofy." Man, can you like thinking that you're goofy? There's got to be someone out there who's like, "Yeah." And not just a goofy, not a, what what's the name of the goofy's town? Not just a goofy town resident, but goofy himself. And so if you meet anyone else who thinks they're goofy too, you're going to have to race that motherfucker. You're going to have to fucking put him down and make sure no one knows that you killed him. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about Nathan Drake again. <laughs> hey, Annie, I'm going to blow yeah. your mind here. Uh, you're going to have to get divorced from uh, from Foley and Marry Me because I'm other than Nathan Drake. 
Well, now uh, you speak every my language. Any, every time I see a ledge, I kind of think about jumping off and grabbing it. <laughs> uh, Joe Cornish, like, the director. Oh, there are french fries over there. I think Joe, I'm going for the french fries instead. Joe Cornish, the director of Attack the Block, buddy of Edgar Wright, and co-writer of Wright's Ant-Man movie, is rumored to be the top pick to direct the next Star Trek film. That's it. I still have not seen Attack the Block. I've always heard oh, good things. Yeah, it's supposed to be really, really good. We need to catch up on this shit, Bill. That's about, it's supposed to be about aliens invading shit, too, so I don't know. I still haven't seen World's End, either. I'm a bad nerd. Yeah, no, I've still not seen Gravity. I've not seen The World's End, and I've not seen Elysium, either. What I'm chuffed about, I can't wait. Have you heard about what they're doing to the Baghdad on Hawthorne? Uh, they're filling it with popcorn? They're filling it with popcorn. So there's a locally run, uh, second-run theater on Hawthorne called the Baghdad Theater. It's a beautiful old theater that has all this crazy painting inside. It's all Arabian Nights-themed. Yeah, and it was, there... you know what, this is funny. The only reason, uh, I've been, uh, because it was Halloween, I was watching a shitload of uh, Universal Horror movies. And on one of these Blu-rays, I was watching about, you know, Dracula and Frankenstein. These, these They were talking about the... Uh, the movie palaces that these movies would get shown mm-hmm. in, that in like in the 1920s, like uh, Universal made so much money off these horror films that they started building a sh- like expanding horror, uh, expanding movie palaces all over the country. Turns out the Baghdad was actually part of that. The Baghdad was built by Universal Studios in 1927. Oh, really? As one of the first big sound theaters. And so they would have shown Dracula and Frankenstein. Aww, so it's just funny that, like, like, I just found out about this just as this news about the Baghdad renovation kicked in. I'm sorry, you were talking about the renovation. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Well, so the Baghdad is a beautiful venue, but it's a terrible place to see a movie because the sound <laughs> yeah, exactly, is awful yeah. and the screen's awful and the seats are uncomfortable. Well, it's a 100-year-old movie theater that it really has not been renovated that well. Well, the seats apparently were replaced in 1991. But they said, yeah, but then they replaced them with seats that were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vintage, so, like, 1910, yeah. So they're um, they're they're replacing the screen. They're updating the sound system. They're putting in a digital projector that can do 4K. But they're still keeping the movie palace stuff. Like they're if anything, like all the all the paintings and stuff on the walls are being touched up. So it's still have that like 1920s movie palace feel. But like. There's going to be have the big, fat, comfy couches, and yeah, uh, it's oh, going to be fucking nice. What I'm most excited yeah. about is that they're going to be a first-run theater. They're still now. keeping some of the tables? What's that? They're going to be a first-run theater now, not a second-run yeah, theater. Yeah, first-run theater, digital projection, new sound system. I'm so excited because that's going to be that's that solves all my problems because I don't like supporting um, Lloyd theaters because they're assholes or yeah. excuse me Regal theaters and I had been hauling my ass out to 82nd to watch movies but man you know I just hop on the bus go to the Baghdad I'm gonna see so many fucking movies this I'm gonna is, go see the Hunger movie. Games there I'm so chuffed. Yeah, this is a movie theater that is literally ten blocks away from my house. Yeah. Like I, I not only can I walk there I could like. Like, if I just wanted to be lazy, I could roll there just on my side and just kind of like... You could actually. It's downhill. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Bill, 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 I could rent the Baghdad Theater and play Uncharted 4 in the 4K Oh, they said that's a thing they're still allowed... Because they're turning into uh, a first-run theater, but they're still letting you do stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, and they said they're renovating the whole food stand so that you can serve... Like, they're trying to cut down on the lines... At that, yeah. you know, at the, at the, the counter, so. Yeah. There. Yeah. And, yeah, they're still keeping tables in the back of the theater, up on the balcony. So if you want that, like, you know, Baghdad experience, you can still do that. So good. Yes. Anyway, we will go on to Geek Week interview news, not just very specific southeast Portland nerd news. Hey, Annie, we got to talk for 20 minutes about this food cart I found. <laughs> uh, the, uh, 
the X-Men Days of Future Past trailer came out. Bill only cares about it now that he knows who Silver Linings Playbook is. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh man, Silver Linings Playbook is blue and naked. It oh, just cracks yeah. me up that they figured out a way to get the cast of the the X-Men trilogy of the early aughts and uh, the most recent X-Men reboot thing. Well, did together. you see that supposedly the reason they're attack they're 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 doing this story? I mean, it's a story based off the comics. It's not like they made up the story about the X-Men going into the future and stuff. But supposedly this is their way of retconning out most of the stuff that happened in X-Men 3. <laughs> Good. Yeah, so I don't know if this means that like Phoenix and Who's the guy with the laser eyeballs? Cyclops. Like, I guess maybe they're going to be alive. Oh, because it's all about time travel. Do you know what about Days of Future Past is? All I know is that Hugh Jackman shirtless. That's all I know. (laughs) That's all I need to know. You're the worst goddamn lizard. (laughs) I've only spent like 40% of this podcast talking about Nathan Drake and shirtless Hugh Jackman. You are a married lesbian. Like, you spent like at least 10 minutes of this podcast lost in an erotic reverie about this digital dude. To be fair, I'm also thinking about the digital ladies. Thank you. No, yeah, not saying you know that's an equal opportunity, but Young I'm so yeah. You guys, man, you guys need to yeah. find a boy toy that just look like lives in your basement or something. Oh God, I don't have a basement. Is the best part? I dig a basement just to keep this poor man <laughs> in. A box, a window, hey, Bill, window box. You were telling me about Days of Future Past. What's it about, Bill? Did you see the trailer? Yeah. Did you see the the version of the trailer that's just Hugh Jackman in slow motion for three minutes? <laughs> yes, it's all that's been playing in my mind for the last couple of weeks. Uh, did you see Le, Did you see Miserable? No, I did not because man, if you see life. that, if you see how scrawny and uh, scrawny and skinny Wolverine is in that, and then see how he got bucked backed up with the being buff again for this movie, that guy's out of his goddamn mind. He must his kidneys must be like fucked up beyond belief now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. As soon as they finished filming Les Miserables, he must have been like, man, I want fucking 500 hamburgers ordered in my trailer right now. <laughs> also, I have to run on top of a mountain. I was going to say, yeah, no, it's 8 billion crunches. But yeah, no, this movie has got Ian McKellen yelling at Michael Fassbender. It's got... Why? This is the weird thing. Because, okay, so X-Men 2 specifically, that first X-Men movie was credited with this too, but specifically X-Men 2 was really credited with kind of launching this new golden age of superhero movies. It's a really good movie is why. it treated the characters as kind of like, not real life people, but like they gave dramatic weight to everything that, it wasn't a big campy fuck fest like the Batman movies turned out to be. Right. And especially now that the X-Men movies kind of went away for a while, at least the main X-Men movies, now they're bringing it back. It kind of shows, this series kind of shows its age, though, because, like, you're supposed to be like, oh, man, this is so serious, an interesting film. And you see, like, Professor Xavier, for some reason, he's dressed in leather, like, year kung fu outfit, even though he's a crippled, like, 80-year-old man in a floating wheelchair, he's still dressed like an X-Man, like, goth leather outfit. Are you trying to say that Professor Xavier can't have an outfit? Come on! Why is he just dressed like Patrick Stewart in a wheelchair? Like, it's, it's a little bit so, like, I don't know. Even for some Professor Xavier in most of the comics, he's still just a guy in a suit in a wheelchair. He's not, like, he doesn't look like he's, like, going spelunking in space. Bill, it's a superhero movie. There's only so much dignity you can ask. No, that's the excuse. That's that's the thing that sunk. That's the thing that sunk so many superheroes in the past. Is oh, it's just a superhero movie. I mean, that's how you get stuff like The Dark Knight Returns and stuff, where they're like, okay, we know it's a superhero movie. We're gonna try to treat this at least vaguely realistic. Bill, he's still an adult man dressed like a bat. <laughs> <laughs> I know, 
I know, but I'm just saying. Because Patrick's, we think at a certain certain point, Patrick and Stewart would be like, okay, I'm going to be in your film, but can I just put on, like, pants? Dude, does it have to be, like, a skin-tight Lycra jumpsuit with, like, X's all over it, and I'm wearing a mask like David Bowie out of Labyrinth or something? DreamWorks has bought the rights to make a movie about a new book coming out this month about the personal and political rivalry between Teddy Roosevelt and William Taft. Ooh. No creative team. I had no idea they had a political rivalry. So we can hope it may be a CGI movie starring DreamWorks eyebrow Teddy Roosevelt voiced by Justin Bieber and taking place at President High. I Dude, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Tom Hardy should play Teddy Roosevelt in the Teddy Roosevelt bio. Who should play Taft? I don't give a fuck. I just want Tom <laughs> Hardy dressed like Teddy Roosevelt. I want him in that mustache and that haircut. And should it be Hugh Jackman in a fat suit? Being huge and sad. That's all I want. So bad. I don't want this Elton John stuff. I want Tom Hardy as Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, well, so I guess it's being published. This this book that uh, this that just got optioned to be this movie was written by the same guy, uh, written by the same lady who wrote the Lincoln book that got turned into Lincoln. And Steven Spielberg has been looking. It sounds like Steven Spielberg may be the guy who's looking towards turning this into a movie. So Tom Hardy on the phone. I'm fine with it. Can you deal with Tom Hardy as Teddy Roosevelt with a swelling gentleman? Williams music score on I didn't hear any of that because the thing broke up. I'm assuming you made a joke at my expense. Whatever happened to Martin Scorsese's Teddy Roosevelt pick with um, Leonardo DiCaprio? Uh, it turned it into a Teddy Roosevelt dick pic. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. All right. Uh, the no, ladies. Girls of Anna. Do you have anything else to say on that, Phil? No. Um, do you care about. So what? You like Teddy Roosevelt, but you don't care about Taft. I have a history crush on Teddy Roosevelt. He's a weird, intense dude. What did he do that Taft didn't do? What did he do that Taft didn't do? You know what Taft did? Taft was so fat, he had to have a new bathtub installed in the White House. I do know this about him. Did Roosevelt do that? (laughs) Teddy Roosevelt was just sad and weird. That's why I liked it. How did he die? Um, Presumably, like, punching a... Tiger in the throat. I don't know. No, I don't know how Teddy was about that, actually. Probably sat alone and writing some sort of political screed. This is the worst Sarah Chalk. <laughs> Wait, that's not Sarah Chalk. Sarah Chalk. Sarah Vowell. Sarah Vowell. I yes, want Sarah Chalk the... to write a, a history this... book. Yeah. Hi, Jeez. I was that lady from Scrubs. Here's a book. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the best audiobook ever, though. Don't you know what the fuck about history? I don't know. I don't remember that. Oh, this is the best part. Um, so have you heard about the TV show called Scandal? Uh, I know of it, and I know I've seen Tumblr gifts here and there. That's yeah, it, it, star- it stars Django and Chain's wife. Oh, Carrie Washington. Yeah, she's the main character, and it also oh. has uh, um, the other big uh, actor is uh, not his, what's his name Desmond from Lost. Oh, those are like yeah. the t- two of the big stars. Um. I was looking for uh, – I had friends recommend it to me, so I was, and they told me the first two seasons are up on Netflix. So I went to Netflix on my Apple TV, was looking for Scandal. So I type in SC, and Scrubs came up, and it started playing without me, like, choosing which one I watch. And for a moment, I was like, this looks like Scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, this is – 
the scandal show and i was always gonna like try to make it sound like hey guys i'm watching this new scandal show this is awesome there's a black guy whose best friend is this white guy he has a good message about doctors there's a good show now i'm thinking about donald phase on <laughs> anyway uh, do you need a form too uh, the lovely, colon, Girls of Animation Kickstarter for a hardback anthology book of artwork by six lady Disney artists has raised $60,000 of its $7,000 goal. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, uh, just a, it's a hardback book, uh, just collecting, uh, these six ladies, uh, artwork. Uh, they're all guys. One of them, I think, is Glenn Keane's daughter. They're all people who uh, either work at Disney right now or just very recently worked at Disney, which is that's kind of rare to think that six six animators, uh, female animators, have worked at Disney recently. Um, I don't know if they're animators or they're just like arts concept people too. But like that's uh, this Kickstarter is going on. I think it's still got a, like another week or two to go. But yeah, if you want a hardback book of professional grade concept art and animation art drawn by. Uh, rare Disney ladies. That that that's what you can go for. Yeah, it's the it is called uh, Lovely, the Girls of Animation Kickstarter. Yeah, there are 19 days to go on it. Also, you, you, start, you called it the Lovely Colon at first, and I was like, oh man, that's a good movie. Well, <laughs> well I didn't want to say like the Lovely Ladies, the Lovely Girls of that, Animation. That title of that is a little like. Well, it when you like say it's it out loud, it's calendar. problematic. Yeah. Yeah, Lovely. Well, uh, Lovely is kind of a weird word anyway. It's a little bit like. Hmm. It just makes me, there's a song from uh, A Funny Thing Happened in the Way of, on the, to the Forum called Lovely. Yeah. They just gets in my head. Did I ever tell you about the production that my high school put on about yes, that? Yes, where the dude had the boater on stage, yes. Yeah, because he just, I've, I've never, oh man, I haven't seen it since then, so I can't remember what the circumstances were. But yeah, the hottest girl in school <laughs> having to play a slave to this guy, rubbing up against him. <laughs> And, oh, man, that was – I still can't believe the audience reaction of everyone trying to be cool, but everyone totally seeing that this guy had a hard-on on stage. And they, the guy on stage trying to play it off. And, of course, the hottest girl in school also had to be, like, the nicest, most virtuous girl in school. And so she yeah. was the kind of girl who would, like, not even notice a guy's boner. And so it's one of those – so it's not like she was trying to intentionally torture him. She was like Mary, she was like the living Mary Poppins. She was like, oh, how are you doing? No, 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 no. And I was just like, and she was like grinding and just like, oh my god. Even thinking about it now, I'm just like, Jesus, how you doing? Speaking of Kickstarters, uh, the Bee and Puppy Cat Kickstarter has 10 days to go, and they still have to raise $140,000. So, people, get to it. Come on. What? How much did you donate to that? 15 bucks. 15 bucks? Yeah. You just you're not buying you can buy four hundred dollars of it now that you're not playing PlayStation Four. <laughs> That's an excellent point, Bill. That's an excellent yeah. point. You don't want you don't want a physical a membership card of the BM Puppy Cat fan club. Bill, I have one in my heart. Let's let's be honest here. Oh, so I see you'd like you'd like you'd like BM Puppy Cat, but you're not like gonna like <laughs> kiss BM Puppy Cat. I've only insisted that my wife get a Puppy Cat tattoo. I don't know. I really wanted to get a, a a a band on her leg of all the Puppy Cats dancing. I really wanted to do that. Like a garter, like like a garter band. Sort well, like like just like around her leg of all the dancing. It's gonna be pretty sweet. She said she'd do it, so I'm pretty chuffed. So oh, also. Playing- Boom uh, Boom Studio specifically, their Kaboom imprint, announced that they are going to be doing a Bee and Puppy Cat comic, which delights oh, me. How, are you going to draw it? 
It's my heart, dude. I just gotta let it all pour out. It's not. See, even... I keep on. You know, everyone. I'm but a conduit. <laughs> everyone thinks that Portland is all open-minded and shit like that, but I keep on going to all these different tattoo shops around town, asking if I could get Jake from Adventure Time on my penis, riding it like a cowboy, like the end of. Uh, no, Doctor obviously you have, your dick would have to be Princess Rainicorn. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, with the tail snacking up into my belly button. Yeah, dude. And then Jake is is on is riding princess. Yeah, like strangling like on the your, cock head, which is actually your, her head. Yeah. On your on your on like your 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 waist right above your your. Willy. Is there such a thing as like you know how like they have sound chips and birthday cards that when you open it it makes a sound. I don't like where this is going. Is there a way to surgically implant so in like a body part so when you so like that body part it actually makes so. that sound. I watched the first episode so, I... of Steven Universe on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, the first episode is free on iTunes, or at least it was. And I watched it. And watching it, fully kept going, all of Steven's faces are faces that you make, Annie. And I realized <laughs> that I am gender-swapped Steven Universe. The two cartoon characters... I not The two cartoon characters that I am most like in temperament and otherwise are Mabel from Gravity Falls and Steven Universe. <laughs> Well, you're just like in some alternate universe they get married and have you that's it's pretty much exactly so, uh steven universe is that just because i know they would put like uh, five or ten minutes of an episode online a couple months ago is that is the is the pilot episode just more of that same episode well that, kinda, like, was, that was a short that was, that was just a short oh, okay yeah. so it is a different thing yeah, this is the actual TV show that's on Cartoon Network. So, and they did have a um, a slight change in style too. Man, yeah, my favorite does. part, my favorite part of it are actually the backgrounds. The backgrounds yeah. are beautiful, like just gorgeous, really well designed, gorgeous did they, colors. Did they redesign the ladies? Because it looked like the yeah. black girl now is like big, like a big square head or something. Yeah. Yeah, they got redesigned. It's like, it's it looks really watch, snazzy. Have you been watching more Gravity Falls? Yeah, I just watched one uh, this morning yeah. where uh, the psychic shows up, the psychic kid who's oh, in love little with Pompadour. Mabel. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Fuck that kid. I I can't remember, but yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that episode. It, man, fucking yeah, Gravity Falls. You are so very Mabel-y. Yeah, because man, you yeah. actually you know what? For next Halloween, if you just had a Mabel sweater. Yeah. You're already kind of just like, oh, well, Mabel, what are you going to do? And then yeah. pulling in a Dipper hat. Yeah. She already has three quarters of the costume of Dipper because Dipper dresses like a Portland lesbian. So yeah. that's fine. And she'll still try to bang hot, red-headed. Yeah. Yeah, I want to be Wendy. Looking. I want to be Wendy yeah. for Halloween. Yeah, yeah I grow my hair out and do the red that, thing. Yeah. Donut Wendy. That's going to be my plan. So you've never watched Freaks and Geeks, right? No, I have not. She's actually, the lady who voices that character was actually the main character on Freaks and Geeks. Oh, really? I, th- that doesn't have any bearing on our conversation. But she's she's a good actress. I really like her, and she was one of the best parts of Freaks and Geeks. Oh, that's right, because she's dating James Franco in that show, and no one ever wants to see that. <laughs> I do have an understand. I can understand to James why. Franco. Yeah, this is true. But yeah, no, what, I forgot about Wendy. Wendy's, I mean, the kid, Garrett Gravity Falls is awesome. It's yeah, cute. okay, so we've already got your uh, Halloween costume planned for next year, Mabel. Boom, done. Or, and or, man, what if you had, like, a Mabel sweater that can turn inside out and then it's, like, Wendy's jacket? Because she just got, like, the army surplus jacket and everything. Yeah. There we go. Problem solved. All right, anyway. friends. This was the Boy Hattie Podcast. For boyhattiepodcast.com, at boyhattiepodcast on the Twitters, howdy at boyhattie.org. You can holla at us. Uh, you can leave a review on iTunes and talk about how you've listened to 101 episodes of this garbage terrible We Next week, I will be out of town, and Bill will be doing some sort of song and dance. 
So hold on to your riches, friends. We'll be yeah, we have to figure out like if we like maybe we'll do like uh, have a guest on or do streaming with a guest or something something. I'm not quite sure. This is maybe your chance to co-host the Boy Hottie podcast. <laughs> We should have a Kickstarter. Whoever donates the most money gets to be co-host next week. <laughs> they have to come down down into Bill's basement. <laughs> and whoever pledges $2,000 can come into my basement so I can shout at them for an hour and a half. My house of whores. It's a week <laughs> late, but here's my haunted house. <laughs> All right, friends. Uh, Bill will talk to you next week. Okay, I'll talk to you again later, guys. Bye, friends.